0: Hi, Pet the podcast editor here. Relationships make the world go round. And in this episode, Dan and Lloyd take a deep dive into professional business relationships and why they're vital for a successful career. Opportunities are starting to happen that you can
1: directly relate to the relationships we've built in the past. And like anything, whenever anything's working for us, I think we should be sharing it with other anchors.
0: Dan reveals that some of the biggest clients they ever landed came from relationships with their competitors. When we
1: worked with the likes of FIFA, Citibank, Nestle, that opportunity came about because we had built a solid relationship with some other marketers over a period of years that recommended us. Lloyd reveals his foolproof way to make friends with absolutely anyone. Speak
2: to someone, do a handstand, take your trousers off and just shout, I quite like satsumas. Now,
0: before we dive in, we'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, Adobe Express. Adobe Express allows you to quickly and easily create standout social graphics, logos, flyers and more for web and mobile. Click the link in the description to try Adobe Express today. Right, let's get stuck in. This is episode 119 of the Business Anchors podcast. We're just a couple of
2: business anchors. Welcome to the Business Anchors podcast. This jingle is slightly too long. This jingle is slightly too long. How important is relationship building for business owners and marketers? Very.
1: And I've actually, I've been thinking a lot more about this recently. Um, and like, as, as our business has gone on, it seems more apparent how important building long-term relationships is. I think when starting out and we were like, I didn't even realise that we were building relationships. We were just doing stuff. Mm. It wasn't that clear as to the benefit to our business. But now we're like, five or six years in opportunities are starting to happen that you can directly relate to relationships we've built in the past. And like anything, whenever anything's working for us, yeah. I think we should be sharing it with other anchors. Do you know what? The, what uh, I feel like cringy about this though. I can do I just as well. be
2: open about this, this episode? Like I saying like, Oh, you've got to build relationships to make your business grow. It feels like, Oh, I don't wanky. know. Wanky. Yes. Yeah. Let's just like, put it oh, out there, Like, Lord. it feels like, right. pretend to be mate to this person. No, and then You know, yeah. that,
1: like, oh, it's about who you know, not, yeah. not what you, what so, you know. You. I totally get what you're saying. Mm. And I, this is nothing to do with pretending to build wanky fake relationships. Okay, good. Because I don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh. I promise you, Lloyd. Like, I, you. I'm i in total agreement. I think that is cringe and uh, not authentic and unethical sometimes. Mm. Um, so it's not about that. Okay. What this is about is looking back at our journey of growing this business and looking at about some of the relationships we've built and how they've turned into some really great opportunities for our business and analyzing that and looking at the lessons we've learned from that it's not going to be like yeah really and i suppose putting yourself in the position
2: and and the mindset where you're open to new relationships mm. isn't like a, a bad thing and a horrible thing it's not like right no. this is the plan of how to pretend to be mates with somebody to to have personal gain no i think that's yeah i suppose that's the difference whereas if you don't have that mindset of okay yeah. i'm open to
1: meeting new people and talking about yeah them and us and having yeah and if we like, I've got a number of examples I want to share with you first of all to give context and how, how effective this can be. But then I want us to like analyze how th- that happened and and maybe some like lessons that we've learned along the way that could help listeners think about decisions they could make to help them build better relationships that help them drive new business. Yeah. So let me give you one, one example, first of all. Go for it. So um and again, this is very meta, but Adobe Express sponsoring this podcast, which has been huge for us. We're we're so buzzing to have the opportunity for Adobe Express to sponsor our podcast. We've been using Adobe products for years. I don't know if you noticed my hoodie, Lloyd. Oh, that's really cool, Dan. Is that an (laughs) Adobe Express hoodie? (laughs) Yeah, so I actually went, flew out to LA last week to Adobe Max, which is Adobe's flagship event where they talk about all the cool stuff happening with their products and that kind of thing. And I was invited out there as part of them sponsoring our podcast. Nice. Um, but but to, to look at how that happened, so the way that we got this podcast sponsorship or one of the main sort of influencing factors was we'd built a relationship over years with the founder of a company that got acquired by Adobe. Um and that was our initial connection with Adobe. Uh, I like your hand movement. Do you like my people hand people movement? People that
2: listen to that won't know, but Dan's hand movement for initial connection was, was one I've never seen before. <laughs> kind of like it was following a circle <laughs> it wasn't with like two hands. One finger it was meeting a in the four finger. Yeah. yeah. I mean if that's not a reason to watch the full episode on
1: YouTube, <laughs> I don't know what is <laughs> So that was the initial connection. Lloyd, if you could do the action, thank you. Um, Obviously, there's a whole other... like There's there's us building our audience online and creating great content and lots of other things that contributed to them actually sponsoring the podcast. But building that relationship with the founder of a company that got acquired by Adobe was the the first point of contact that helped this happen. Yeah. Um, Which has been really big for the podcast, which is really good. Another example. um, So... When we worked with the likes of FIFA, Citibank, Nestle, that opportunity came about because we had built a solid relationship with some other marketers over a period of years that recommended us for, to, for, to deliver on a piece of work that the, they kind of had a brief that we that they they looked at and thought we could do a great job with. They put us forward for that piece of work. So that was and working with those household name brands, again, has been pivotal in helping us to um, improve what we're doing and work yeah. with more brands. I like think
2: that. the a point that I think is important is we haven't just had these opportunities because someone introduced us or because we built this relationship. So you have to be doing brilliant stuff Mm. and you have to be communicating the right things doing great work
1: you have to have the content ecosystem which we spoke about in last week's episode episode,
2: which i'm sure you've already listened to if you're listening Mm. to this um but even if we're doing all that good stuff these opportunities opportunities that dan has spoken about they probably wouldn't have come about without building those relationships initially it's that initial spark of oh yeah i Mm. can recommend these guys or you know, the, with the Adobe Express pon- sponsoring the podcast, like, oh, I know some guys that could be good uh, for us yeah. to um, support with their podcast yeah. that would be good for Adobe.
1: And then it goes on from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good hand movement, Lloyd. Thank you. And, and I guess to give you an example of the, the kind of work that's gone into building those relationships and this and like Lloyd said, this wasn't like necessarily planned it's, it's all kind of been quite organic building these relationships but analyzing how it happened so one example of uh the adobe express sponsorship of the podcast the guy that we built a relationship with i probably saw him across a period of three years um probably a few events a year he was speaking at those events and whenever i saw him we'd have a great discussion and a chat and we'd just you know chat about marketing and stuff um, we also created content in uh, for the tool that we're mentioning that Adobe acquired. We'd You actually did, a I think, an interview. I hosted a panel, I think. You did a panel. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's all these small things over a period of time. But I think the important thing to note as well, like you said, Lloyd, is that it's been quite organic in the sense like we haven't strategically sat down and thought, right, we're going to have a 10 minute chat with this guy when we see him to we, make sure that he no. knows what we do and stuff like we
2: never set out a strategy for making uh, to building a relationship with this person and i think if we did it probably wouldn't have we probably wouldn't have built the relationship we did because it would have been fake rather than actually just mm. oh we get on with this person oh they've asked us to help out with this yeah we'd mm. like to help them with that yeah. Um. Like you say, more organic rather than... Yeah. Right. You speak to him now and then in
1: 10 minutes, I'm going to speak to him about mm. what we do. This is interesting though, right? Mm. So I'm not going to mention who I've spoken to about this, but I recently spoke to someone who mentioned a marketing strategy that they've heard has been really effective where it's like uh, an account-based marketing strategy where you identify a person that you want to build a relationship with and you... I mean, I didn't sound like something I'd want to do, but this is some people are doing mm. this. So they're identifying like, I don't know, the CMO of Nike or Adidas yeah. and doing a ton of research to figure out what they're interested in and the events they go to and then having a whole strategy to like have a conversation with them and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I mm. don't know. I, I, uh, yeah, it doesn't really sound like something I, I don't know. It's, it all seems very sort of, uh, manufactured, I guess. Um, but what we found works really well is is having this kind of organic approach to building relationships. I think the key thing is is doing things like going to events where the people you want to build relationships with will be at. Mm. Cause I think looking back at some of the the best relationships we've built in terms of things that have generated opportunities are when we've gone to industry events and just like, you know, after the event, it's like an evening thing and you just hang out and chat and yeah. get to know people. It's I think it's a big important part of this
2: is just being open to building relationships. So, like we're saying, our kind of strategy isn't necessarily target this person. Right, mm. We're going to have a plan to speak to them for seven minutes about <laughs> ourselves. And then we're going to meet them at this thing. But mm. I suppose just being open to new mm. relationships. And I don't mean like, you know, <laughs> relationships. <laughs> um Don't do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, to friendships or like mm. working relationship you don't have to be best mates of these people mm. but you can work together and get on while you yeah. work together and have that kind of relationship or yeah and i suppose going in without a plan but being open to it like mm. outside of work some examples from me we uh dan will take the mickey out of me because he, he'll he like say that i'm trying to say i'm a brilliant person but so i met someone when i was volunteering at the homeless shelter you doing what, Lloyd? Uh, volunteering at the homeless shelter oh, okay you mentioned yeah. that one before yeah um and we ended up working with like her stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. Deli- oh no, daughter in law. Yeah. Delivering some training. I didn't go into that going, Right, I've got to see here. Where can I build some business relationships that are gonna give this a positive ROI for me? Yeah. Um there's also a guy that I I did a charity walk and he I can't remember if he made the first contact or I did, but he gave me some advice on walking 100 kilometers that i was mm. trying to do because he'd done a long walk mm. then i asked him some stuff and we were messaging he sponsored me i sponsored him on a walk he was doing and this was like a year ago right yeah yeah not and i i had no <laughs> thoughts that it could have any business consequences mm. it was just a nice guy that gave me some advice and i was messaging back and i mm. thought oh he's doing that i'll sponsor mm. him and he's a client of ours now but yeah a client of ours like a year or year and a half later yeah from that yeah. and I was like I recognize that name yeah. and yeah. um so I do think just being open to not being closed and thinking I've got my mates mm. my people I want to talk to like I'm going to stick over mm. here being open to speaking to new people and and not knowing where it's going to lead yeah. is a really important part of this
1: yeah I think there's I think there's kind of two key parts to it that we've sort of touched on there's the going making sure you're going to the right places where the p- kinds of people you'd want to be build relationships with are going like as a general strategy and we found that things like events are good for that but the second part which that example touches on is I guess it's like just being a nice person and doing the right thing like you messaging this guy back and forth advising each other about this charitable walk and sponsoring each other that you had no idea that that was going to turn into a business relationship you were just being you and being a nice person sponsoring someone that sponsored you and so I guess it's that Like the thing of like, don't be a dick, Mm. which is is weird advice to give, but I I think um I I believe a lot in karma, like what goes around comes around, and if if you put good things out to the world, you're gonna get good things. We're
2: we're seeing this constantly, like we're saying, these people that we've, you know, there's an event that we're we're hosting for some people we know soon, and we're not being paid for that, but um we've built a relationship over time we're like yeah well we'll mm. do that. that that's something we'll do and i think doing those things for the right reasons of just like oh yeah they're really nice mm. and they've given us some advice in the past would really like to help them i think if you look too much at what's the roi mm. of this time i'm going to invest right now a lot of the things we've done that have built up relationships are uh, definitely a negative roi if you look in the short term mm. like what i'm going to take the time to message this person some advice and stuff. Yeah. But I'm not getting anything back. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it really like business head on, well I've got a limited amount of time mm. and I should be using it for stuff that's gonna bring bring the business a return. You wouldn't make those choices. But I think be open to not being so precise with right, what's the yeah. ROI of this and thinking, what's the right thing to do here? Can yeah. I help someone and or can I can I just spend a bit more time getting to know someone and know that there's not a return
1: on investment for Mm -hmm. my time here. I always feel like a percentage of your time should be put towards doing things that don't seem logical. Yeah, just (laughs) speak to someone, do a handstand. (laughs) And then
2: take your trousers off and just shout, I quite like Satsumas.
1: (laughs) Just do things that are illogical. Great advice, Dan. As a soundbite, that sounded (laughs) terrible. But tied in with the previous (laughs) conversation before (laughs) Uh, No, great advice great advice (laughs) no what i'm trying to say is (laughs) like lloyd said in terms of like your marketing strategy we focus too much on what's the roi of everything what's the roi of me spending time speaking at this event that's not paid that we're gonna have to put loads of time into to make it good that seems illogical because we're very busy and we've got lots of things to do but we're doing it because we've built relationships with someone it seems seems like a good thing to do yeah okay
2: do the right things and they may seem yeah. illogical in a business sense yeah
1: like uh, an example of that so another example of a relationship we've built that's enabled us to get some great opportunities other agency owners one of the other agencies that we've built a relationship with over years since we started things like i've spoken at multiple a number of their events not been paid i've mm-hmm. put a lot of time and effort into de- developing a good presentation to do that and going to different places to do that. Um, we've collaborated on creating content. Um, we've met the, the founders in various places and had lunch together and stuff that doesn't all necessarily seem logical. Like some of the events has been small audiences. I'm not expecting to reach loads of new customers or anything, Mm -hmm. but one example of that, an opportunity coming to us from that is one of our longest standing clients came as a recommendation from them because we'd built those relationships up over time not expecting anything from them mm-hmm. but doing it in a genuine way i guess one question i'm trying to think like the anchors listeners now is without it being wanky and have you know strategic you don't want to be like organizing 7 minute chats at events and things how do you have some kind of uh structure mm-hmm. to building relationships without it being yeah what else so you've said being, being in the right places,
2: mm. basically, and uh, not being, being slightly illogical and not, not feeling like you need to mm. have a return on investment for mm. all of your decision, doing the
1: right thing. What I else guess, would you suggest? Also, I guess, reflecting on where opportunities have come from to measure success, to mm. know if what you're doing with your relationship building is working. Like us now having this discussion in chat and me having to prep for this and thinking of, all of the huge opportunities that have come our way because of these relationships we've built, Mm -hmm. it's clear that this is well worth it. That building relationships with the right people is high, is is working for us. I guess actually spending time to, to analyze where are your new clients coming from or new opportunities coming from to see if any of them are from relationships you've built. And I guess if none of them are, then you probably need to do a better job of, doing step one and two that we mentioned of going in the right places where these people are and then mm-hmm. being a nice person and yeah. building those relationships. Great. Um, I guess what kind of, in terms of analyzing your relationship, building skills, Lloyd, yeah. what kind of traits do you think someone needs to have? Like when you go, when you go to an in-person event, mm-hmm. what are the traits someone has that make you feel like that's a nice person who mm-hmm. I would genuinely want to like see more of yeah. or and and compared to please get this person away from me yeah i guess i'm trying to think of like when you're out there meeting people what are the traits that i think uh them being open
2: to you know actually talking and not, not some, being some people that yeah that basically don't give a shit mm. about anyone else you'll even sort of small talk like oh oh excuse me can i get past mm. and they'll just be like yes and, yeah. you and you think okay you are not open to any mm. new relationships or chats or anything and you seem like a dick already yeah. so just being open um simple thing of not being a dick you know if you're if someone seems like they're a kind person who actually cares about other people in any way is always mm. going to be a positive thing whereas if you're not and you're a dick you're never going to want to build that relationship mm. i think um people that aren't expecting anything from you or expecting anything from anyone else. So, um, it's, I think it's quite obvious. And I know if different people can read people differently, I, I, I think it's something that a bit of an expert in reading people. So I read it from a mile off, but to me, it's very obvious if someone's coming in with a strategy of, I want to sell to this person or I've Mm. got something I want from this conversation. Um, so I think if you want to build actual relationships that are going to be beneficial for you and the other person. Don't go in expecting something from them. Mm. Just go in thinking, okay, let's, let's have a chat and see how I get on with this person. See if I've got anything in common, Mm. have an interesting conversation rather than going in there with something you want to achieve or get from them. Um, I think finally it's someone that actually listens again. It's very (laughs) easy to read if you concentrate and you're, you actually spend the time, focusing on someone mm. if they can't be bothered and they're just kind of like, oh
1: yeah yeah oh, interesting but my thing that i want to talk about
2: yeah yeah or <laughs> it's just like clearly oh you're not actually listening you're just kind of is this is just small talk? And you're doing it for the sake of it because you're standing here and you've got nowhere <laughs> else to stand at the moment so you've got to keep this conversation going but you're not actually listening mm-hmm. and yeah
1: this isn't going to go anywhere i think we've seen some live examples of this done very badly at events before there's a couple of examples, obviously not going to name anyone of, of, uh, when we went to an event and we spoke about this, I think in a very early podcast episode, when we were having a chat in a group, like a, a nice chat with people who actually mm. were listening to each other and someone like barged in to us and like shoved their business card in front of us and was like, tell me the problems you have in your business. Then, then they started yeah. trying to like.
2: It was like they've listened to a podcast that's the opposite of this, that said, yeah. here are the stages you have to go to build relationships to wow. sell to people. One, ask them what their problems are. <laughs> and so then you skip through everything we're talking about now of actually just being a normal, nice person. Yeah. They've gone to step one, asking their problems. Mm. So they barged in front of us, stopped genuine conversations and people that are actually mm. listening to each other. And gone, what's your problem? And they think they're doing a good thing because they're not talking mm. about themselves. They go, what's a problem you have? <laughs> and like, that's setting the it's setting themselves up to sell mm. but they're like god i'm so brilliant because i'm not talking about myself yeah. and that just it's so fake and it's
1: this, this is the thing with work. with effective like relationship building i think it needs to not be focused so much on having a very structured plan of how you're going to do it because mm. like that that's, example, that's not how relationships work no th- that example there shows that you start a relationship by having not talking about business and stuff by like actually just trying to get to know someone on a level rather than Mm. asking them their problems and to see what solutions you have as a business like it needs to be a bit unstructured and natural doesn't it yeah
2: because that relationships aren't like that. people try and do these step-by-step so build a relationship with this person you got to do this like no that's not Mm. how relationships work it might be that you accidentally spill a drink on someone and you have a bit of a laugh like, oh, God, this is embarrassing. I've just spilt the first time I met you. You're going to like that person mm. more probably, even though they've spilt a drink on you because <laughs> you kind of have a laugh and like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry. And you go through that together. Mm. Um, than someone that's, so can you tell me the problems that you have within yeah. your business? Oh, wow, that's really interesting. Oh, my business solves that problem. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh, that's not even naturally that's come coincidence. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, please, uh,
1: I'm having a conversation with someone behind you, and you've literally barged in front of them. It's never going to work like that. This is why I think, uh, we've mentioned events, but I really think some of the strongest relationships we've built in a natural way, like we're talking about, is at events. Is it the kind of after party things at events or when you're going to get a coffee at events and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think if you're someone who, I think because of obviously COVID and stuff, a lot of people are less inclined to go out there and meet people. There's things like Zoom and everything is digital now. You don't need to go in person to meet people, but I still see a huge amount of value in building relationships face-to-face. I think you miss out on those those kind of moments that just happen uh, because you're there together rather than like setting up a zoom call. It's the
2: bits in between functional conversation. So like we have, we will have a concept call where I'll be saying here are the concepts our creative team have, have come up with to a client. Oh, they're really creative. And the function of that is we've done great work. We're going to communicate that great work Mm. to you. You're going to give us feedback on these concepts Mm. and we'll move forward with the project. You miss out on those things in between Those little conversations that aren't functional that help Mm. build the relationship, that kind of small talk and actually talking about, oh, yeah, I'm a bit tired because my son's wetting the bed at the moment. Oh, "Oh, I've been through that as well. (laughs) My son's 25. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like those those conversations that aren't functional are where you get to know people and you actually Mm. build genuine relationships. And I think people don't value those enough. And I think it's because in business you can't have a plan to do that. And if you do it, was like if I, was Sound like, mental. Oh, okay, they've got a they've got a child at bed wetting age, so I'll have that conversation. <laughs> if you do it like that, it's never going to work. Oh, so how's your six year old son wetting the bed? They're going to be like, you <laughs> "Can you are, get this guy away? From yeah, <laughs> you are crazy because you've like tried to set up this thing. But if it comes up naturally, and then you have a bit yeah. of a laugh about it, and realize you have things in common, mm. it it that's how actual relationships are built. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they're in person as well. Those non-functional conversations happen a thousand times more in person. Like, I can't think of a Zoom call I've... Well, actually, no, I suppose in some in some ways, when you're doing small talk at the start of meeting someone new on Zoom, you do have a bit of like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I've been there. But think about it. Once you get off a Zoom call, we
2: have those conversations after the call. Oh, how'd your call go? Yeah, all right, actually. You had this thing that went into this. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm not feeling that great because... Last night, you I, went was, to bed. I was up. Yeah, I went to bed. Um, so I was up a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I went out on a night out and I was vomiting over my shoulder whilst I was running. Uh, you know, things like that, Taylor might say, in the office. Um, so just those little things in between rather than those functional conversations. And if you think, yeah. again, our meetings at work, there's functional bits that mm. you're like, Let's get this thing done. Let's go through this mm. process. And then while we're going up the stairs, we'll have a chat about yeah. how funny Taylor is doing that. Yeah. And that, they're the bits that help
1: build the genuine relationships. Do you think that like now we're doing more in-person stuff that the kind of online events and building relationships over Zoom calls is is dying out and we're going back into... Well,
2: I don't think doing things over Zoom or anything like that is dying out. It's mm. incredibly efficient to... Do good work by doing that mm. and not spending the time functional traveling. Stuff, yeah, functional. So, but that's what I'm saying. I think there's a place for that. Mm. But I do think there will be a resurgence in in-person stuff mm. separate to that. So I think rather than right, say say previously you would have had six meetings a year with a client and you drive there, you have a meeting, you mm. drive back, and they're two hours away, and so half the day is traveling six times a year. I think you're going still going to do five of those calls online and get that job done because you're like this is incredibly efficient Mm. we can do a much better job for you and spend that time more wisely but you still want that one time a year where you go up and go should we just have a couple of drinks or should we go for lunch Mm. or oh i've got tickets to wimbledon you're like 10 minutes away aren't you do you want to come with us Mm. and doing fun stuff and having those conversations i think there's a there is definitely a place for that it's just maybe more separated these days to the productive time do you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah because I remember when when we were in lockdowns and stuff there there started to be like um, online networking things where you would literally yeah. have one-to-one calls if people were trying to build a relationship and it felt very sort of manufactured and unnatural which I think because then you're doing the functional type of conversation but trying to make <laughs> yeah. it not... your son wet the bed she's like yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: so what football team do you support oh 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 we can't a chat then hello <laughs> and also there's like those those zoom networking things but you can't have you know when you're in a room there could be 12 of you talking in little yeah like, oh three people here in a conversation two here <laughs> yeah. you kind of you go from one to the other zoom you can't do that you just I, all just oh, oh sorry sorry remember, you go oh,
1: i remember a couple of like a bit less organized online events and stuff that i went to where you went in a Zoom meeting, there was thirty people, but it was just twenty-eight people watching two people have a conversation. Because yeah, you, can like, you can't break out into little groups. And it's always the two least socially aware people. <laughs> yeah.
2: Because people that are socially aware and build good relationships don't make twenty-eight people listen to them talk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was very strange. So I definitely think mm. that I haven't attended attended any successful things where you'd build a relationship over zoom because <laughs> it's so hard but definitely massive part of being more productive and yeah. the functional stuff but in person building relationships mm. that, that small talk the in-betweeny stuff is, yeah. is really important
1: in terms of i just want to share a, a book that i'd say is probably i've learned the most about effective relationship building from Mm -hmm. and it's how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie which again the title sounds pretty wanky but um when you like hear about uh, the different sort of segments of the book and the lessons he shares, it really makes you think like, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense.
2: I didn't read it for years because of the title, because mm. I thought it was exactly what we're it's, saying yeah. is shit in this podcast, yeah. saying like, I don't want to have a step-by-step mm. plan on yeah. how to make friends or how we- to, you know, they have these fake relationships. But actually, once you get into it. Like
1: one of my favourite takeaways from the book, and this makes you really think about situations you've been in. One of the key takeaways is... um become genuinely interested in other people Mm -hmm. and and that's there's lots of depth to that point in the book but it makes you think like you know when you meet someone in person you have a conversation and you walk and and there's there's two different things that normally happen sometimes you walk away from the conversation and think um wow that was really interesting I really loved that and other times you think oh my god I want to get away from that that was horrible usually when you walk away thinking that was really interesting is when someone's asked you lots of questions and shown lots of interest in you because mm-hmm. we all like talking about ourselves whether we like it or not mm-hmm. so if you make yourself that person at your next uh, next event you go to or when you're somewhere to like, like potentially building relationships if you make yourself the person that shows genuine interest in other people there's going to be a lot of people that leave that event thinking i really enjoyed talking to lloyd rather than thinking What can I share with these people to make them trust me more? What can I talk about myself? Just think, what can I ask them that's going to really show an interest in them? It's also much more
2: enjoyable. If you give someone the focus and you're probably listening and you're genuinely interested in your... So they're saying, oh, yeah, so my son, he's playing for Crystal Palace under 18s. He's getting on really well. If you're genuinely like, oh, that's interesting. And think of what you would want to know about that. Um, it's it's much more interesting than just thinking. <laughs> yeah. I've got to get through this conversation. Yeah, so it's actually, actually enjoyable. I had this recently, and I'm like, oh, I'm interested in football and stuff. So I was like, oh, at that age, do they do they have much focus on the the mental health rather than the physical health? Because obviously, these young players that are. Oh. Um, that are suddenly put into the limelight. I imagine that must be quite hard. And I was genuinely interested and then he was sort of saying, yeah, now it's a massive part in mm. the in the youth as well of these clubs. They talk about that and social media and mental health as well as physical health and nutrition. And then we're having a conversation mm. and you've both probably left that thinking I loved talking to that yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if I was just like, oh, I've got it. Right, I've got to show some sort of value yeah. or whatever. That's yeah. interesting.
1: I yeah. run a video and social media marketing agency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. So mm. I, I do think it's much more when you do actually focus on those yeah chats and actually ask things that you're interested in. And also don't don't you don't have to pretend you're not interested in something. Yeah. If I hated football at that point, I could be <laughs> like, Oh, I really don't know much about football <laughs> at all. Like is and then ask a question like, Oh, is Crystal Palace a big club? And yeah. then they'd yeah. probably be like, Oh, fair enough, we, we
1: don't have this in common. But yeah. he's he's actually asking about this and you could find out a bit more. I had that a lot with um I'm actually not that into football, but all my friends are and also mm. my fiance's dad is really into football so when i first met him and it was the classic like what team do you support yeah and obviously i didn't know anything i, I made an effort to be like oh you support margate tell me yeah. about them what yeah. you know and it's it makes it a bit nicer
2: yeah and even though he didn't like you you stuck around for long enough <laughs> yeah i'm he still here now. Deal
1: with it. yeah another couple of takeaways from that book such simple things this is something i'm really bad at but i want to get better at is remembering names so this is at like That's a- an interesting point clark <laughs> this is <laughs> that's t- not your name. Shut oh. up. This is a point from the book. The average person is more interested in their name than in all the other names on Earth put together. Like, if you think about it, when you're speaking to someone, and I've noticed this after reading this book, when someone says "Dan," I'm more like, "Oh, they they remembered my name. They're they're actually rather than just." But I I really struggle with remembering names. You're, you're probably better at this than me, aren't you? I still panic,
2: though. Do you know what? I'm better than I think because I quite often, I I try, I try use people's names a lot when I'm talking to them, mm. like if I've met them for the first time and stuff, really just to show that politeness of, by the way, I actually give a shit and I'm listening and yeah. I know what your name is. But I also panic that I've got it wrong. So quite often I'm like, so Stuart, what do you think? Sorry, Stuart was your name, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. and, and nearly always it is, but I panic that I've got yeah. it wrong. You just have to check. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. And Mm. if people do call you by your name, something
1: clicks and you're like, oh, this person's actually listening Mm. to me. Another one, which just the final one I'll share, which uh, you spoke about earlier, is be a good listener. Mm. I think, like you said before, there's there's a middle ground of people that you meet and are kind of trying to do the right thing by showing interest. But you can tell that they don't actually give a shit because when you come back with your answer to the right question, they sort of drift off. And you can tell, and then you have to sort of bring it back in, like, no, no, I'm here. I'm talking about this thing because they don't even have a, a follow up question. I think that's something that can demonstrate your listening is when when you ask a point and they're talking, really listen, and then, like you did with the Crystal Palace thing, and no. ask a follow up question, which really demonstrates you listen to the previous point, so that you can get more, maybe more depth to what they're saying or that's more context to what you they're can saying. Tell
2: when people kind of have a strategy to get to know people, but then <laughs> they don't actually care. It's when they ask a the first question.
1: So really
2: interested to hear about this thing. And then you start answering (laughs) the next question. And then they're kind of like, Oh, um, where
1: are you from? (laughs) Really interested to hear about this thing.
2: And then you're like, Oh no, you're just saying that you're not listening to any of it. And you're not interested. I
1: do think it takes a lot of mental capacity to, to be good in those kind of situations. That's probably why you struggle with it. (laughs)
0: Thanks.
1: (laughs) I do, I do think uh, like being self analytical, you're much better naturally at this than me. So I feel like I do have to put more effort in to be really focused and get, I feel like I like lose keep yourself in the room and yeah, present I lose and, concentration quite quickly. So mm. I really have to think like, right, I really want to listen to this person and stuff. And then I'm, I, and then when I think about it, I can be good at it. Yeah. But sometimes I think,
2: I think we all have to make an effort though. There's, there's a million different things and people that want our attention all the time. Mm. And that our brains are constantly,
1: mm.
2: you know, it's like, what's there, there's a show where there's a dog and he's like, squirrel. whenever it's I do think like the human brain's like that as well it's like talking to you and then I might see someone that I met six months ago and haven't seen for ages and I'm thinking there's Dave over there and Mm. your brain's going I've got to speak to Dave oh Dave's a legend (laughs) but actually this this person's still talking and then your brain's going are they prawn (laughs) Volivants? oh lunch looks pretty good I like volivants. haven't had them since the 90s
1: (laughs) and like our brains do go so you do have to I think it it is it does take effort for anyone to keep yourself how do you Stop thinking about the volivants and stay in the conversation. That's something I struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly food-based thoughts I yeah. struggle with.
2: Um, yeah, well, I, I think it's just effort, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's just the effort yeah. of, you know, the things we've been saying of genuinely try and make sure you're listening and mm. keep engaged. and And then I think, and being okay with when it gets to a point of, I do want to speak to Dave or I do want a prawn volatron. If, <laughs> if you've genuinely been listening- Sorry, I'm going to have to cut this off. I no. just want a prawn volatron. Well, no, I think if you've genuinely been listening and you've been having a good conversation- Well, you would say that. Well, it's- I am yeah, going to yeah. cut this off. I yeah. want a prawn volatron. Well, no, I wouldn't say it like that. But I think it's more acceptable. If, you, if you've genuinely shown mm. that you, mm. you care about a conversation, you're having a conversation, yeah. then people are much more acceptable. You're going, mm. I'm actually starving. I'm going to go get yeah. some food. Rather than if you're just mm. like, you're not, someone's talking to you like, I don't care. And then, and then you go, I'm going to get a Volavon. Then they're like, they literally didn't
1: care about that. And then <laughs> yeah. they've just
2: gone off to get yeah. a prom Volavon.
1: Have you ever done the thing at a network event where you said you're, you can't get away from someone and you say you're going to go to the toilet? Yes.
2: Like, <laughs> loads of times. Yeah. But I think it's getting out those conversations mm. with people that are doing that fake thing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to give this time if you're not. No. If you're not actually listening to me, I, I don't <laughs> want to be listening <laughs> to you I am going to go get a Volavon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I've done that lots of times. There's only so many times you can go. To- I'm actually going to go to the toilet again, Steve. <laughs> um, I've been seven yeah, times the last three minutes. Yeah. I think I'll get some emodium <laughs> on the way back, actually, Steve. But um, hopefully I won't <laughs> bump
1: into you again. Okay, <laughs> see you later. Cool. Do you have any more, um, any other advice, I guess, for relationship building or anything else that could be useful to our anchors? No. Okay. What- No, sorry. Uh, No, I think I've said everything I I have to say.
2: Do you have any advice,
1: Dan? No, I just think definitely read the book. Read How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's not as wanky as it sounds, and it's fairly short compared to other books, so it's an easy read, and you'll learn a lot, and it's really helped us. So,
2: Simple thing, just don't be a dick and be a genuinely nice person and listen to people. That's the first stage of any Mm. relationship
1: building. What was that? Hey! Hey.
0: Oh, Clark, you are a laugh. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, I guess we'll see you in your ears next week. week.